You're tuning in to another OI episode with Jamie Anstey, and guests tonight include Alan Corkum, who covers the Ontario Junior Hockey League in Ontario, Canada. Also joining me, Clark Monroe, who can be seen on the Squadcast and behind the scenes on the Rod Peterson Show. This is an Offside Hockey Talk podcast, where hockey comes to talk. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the OI. This is a very special trade talk edition, least least talk, you could say, uh, here on the offside. I got Alan Corkum joining me this evening. Alan, how's everything in Ontario right now? Well, so unfortunately, it's a mess again. We've uh, gone back into lockdown. I'm, I'm going to put that very loosely because of what, what, we can, what we can and can't do, but yeah, I think there might be some more things coming tomorrow. So, like three thousand cases again today. So, not good for hockey. No official announcement up here yet, but I'm not. It's nothing good for any more hockey up here, other than the uh, Leafs and Sens, in my opinion. Just, just talk about, just talk about uh, the Leafs in the last couple of games. We're still without Freddie Anderson. No real timeline on when Freddie Anderson will return, um, but I strongly believe when Anderson does come back. Um, he won't be thrown right into the mix. I, I believe it'll be a couple games um, with him on the bench. Uh, maybe throw him in versus Ottawa or something like that. What's your thoughts on the last few games? We, I believe, we're eight zero and one in the last uh, nine games or so in Alberta. So we've handled the Alberta teams quite well. Yep. Um, but I've had trouble against Montreal, Winnipeg. Big game this coming Wednesday versus the Montreal Canadiens. But uh, just talk about your thoughts on the last couple of games. Uh, Jack Campbell, I believe, is 9-0-1 in the last 10 games. And uh, add some add some of your trade thoughts as well. I know right now, as of today, uh, David Savard is the top um, guy available on the trade bait board. Obviously, in Leafland, everybody wants Felino. David Savard, Granlin, uh, there's been Sam Bennett talks. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, but just talk about your thoughts so far in, in the last week or so without Freddie Anderson. And uh, what, what do you think Toronto does when Freddie does come back? That's going to be an interesting conundrum there, Jamie, for sure. Now, the Leafs have looked, um, they haven't been the, the most uh, pretty of games, I guess, for the Leafs, but they've got the job done. They got eight, they got a, they swept the Western Canadian series, two wins. In uh, Winnipeg, a uh, well, a shootout win, and then the uh, regulation win Wednesday and Friday, both with Jack Campbell getting the victories. And then they had Hutchinson and Campbell go back-to-back in Calgary. Hutchinson did his job. I mean, you got to give him credit. I mean, a lot of people I know, you know, don't like, you know, are always criticize him very much. He let that soft goal in there late in the first and made a 2-1 for the Flames. I thought, oh, here we go. But then they held their own. He kept in it the second and third. Now, Chednik tied a late in the second, and they got the win in the third. And then last night, didn't see a lot of the game because it was a bit late for me, unfortunately, with working. But, I mean, I saw the highlights of that. It looked like the Flames came to play. It was a bit of a boring first period. I did see that. Then it started to open up in the second and third. But the uh, turning point seemed to be finally the power play click for Toronto. Kyrie got that shorthanded goal. Keith called a timeout. Smart move. That's why he called timeouts. You see them always calling him for icing and stuff. But smart move there. Settle the boys down. And then finally they scored in the power play. So, yeah, big eight points, and now they got a bit of a gap on the Jets and the Oilers for uh, first. So, if they do stumble the odd time, then they can maybe afford it right now. Big game against Montreal coming up tomorrow night. 
no carry price, but Jake Allen is uh, just capable of holding the fort for the Canadians. And don't forget, don't forget Gallagher just broke his finger too. So yes, yeah, broke, thumb injury, broke his thumb. Yeah, broke his thumb. So he he'll excuse me, Montreal Canadiens be without Gallagher. At least for Gallagher, you know his injury. Um, do we see the same type of thing in Montreal with Price as we are seeing right now with Freddie Anderson, an upper body injury? I think it's Can't, a hand because I think he got okay. I think he got hit in the hand with a puck during practice or something yesterday. So they say he got hit in the hand and he was okay to go. But I think it's just more of a uh, safety precaution just to keep him, you know, keep him fresh for a couple of games. I think they have back to back games, so they'll probably go with Allen and then maybe. I don't know if they go Allen twice in a row, or maybe Caden Primo gets a start. I think they play Thursday. Well, Caden Primo has been called up to yeah. the Montreal Canadiens, so I'm not maybe, sure. Maybe if they, we do see Caden Primo, but um, it's almost guaranteed that Allen is going tomorrow night against the uh, Leafs for sure. So Jeff O'Neill, I know some people don't like Jeff O'Neill. Some people, like oh, I him. do. He uh, take him how take him how you want. Um, he's a Freddie Anderson guy. He mentioned today on TSN there that um, he believes Toronto needs needs Freddie Anderson. Um, I like I like Jack Campbell myself. Like it's it's a personal preference. Um, I just like his style, like how he plays. He's a good team guy. Yes. He's been liked around he is being liked around the room and um, it's gonna be an interesting it's going to be interesting when uh, Freddie Anderson does come back. Um, there's been talk too that Vanvillain and um, maybe he should get played. Maybe get get those prospects in. Like I'm not sure of the status on In Scott, um, and we all know how Hutchinson has been playing. He's Toronto's third goaltender right now, um, along with In Scott, who's in the Marley system, and yeah. Joseph Wall as well. Oh, and Joseph Wall. So, yeah, you, you have uh, six goaltenders right there that um, the Leafs could call upon at any, at any time during the next 20-odd games. Um, I want to talk about the trade talk here for a little bit, Alan. As I mentioned, David Savard is still on the top of the board. Uh, Kyle Palmieri has been um, out of the lineup. They they take They took him out of the lineup before the last game there. Um, so you assume that he, Kyle Palmieri is going to be traded. Don't believe Palmieri is going to go to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I don't think. I think you're going to see the Islanders. I think are pretty hot on him. I think yeah, the Islanders, or he could play a top top six uh, forward position on the Boston Bruins. I, if if you were to ask me uh, where Palmieri might end up, I, I say the Boston Bruins. Taylor Hall, um, he may go to the Bruins or the Islanders. Uh, interesting, Frank Savelli and a couple other TSN reporters talked tonight about the Vancouver situation. I don't mean to go off topic, but it's interesting. That's... It's interesting where there's 18 or 19 players right now um, in, in NHL COVID protocol. And I think at some point, you know, does Vancouver finish the season with what, say, 15 or 20 games left? Um, they have no chance to make the playoffs, in my opinion. Right now, the Calgary Flames would have to probably win 16 or 17 games to really um, crack that top four playoff position. But it, the, the situation in Vancouver right now, it's, it's pretty pretty slimy. And uh, 
some of the players, I believe, like the, um, it's been talked about today. The Sutters, uh, we all know, like Dwayne Daryl and and the the, the the Sutter boys back in the day, and they have um, kids playing in the NHL. And there's been there was talk today that you know one of the Sutters has the COVID, so I I believe some of the players don't want to leave their home. Like they, say, if they get traded or if they're on the road, they're gonna feel like they need to be home with their parents and yeah. may or may not have COVID. So it's going to be a very interesting trade day on Monday. Like um, Duthie had mentioned the other day, like it's going to be interesting to see how busy it is. Um, I don't think it'll be busy at all just because of um, people already or guys already playing in the States, not wanting to go to Canada or um, I believe Paul Mary's got a, a no trade clause, so he'd have to waive that to go to a team. So you got that to look at too, right? The tr- no trade clause. Um, guys not wanting to leave. Like Paul Mary may have family in New Jersey, and he may not want him to leave New Jersey um, because. But the Islanders wouldn't be too of, far to go. I mean, that's yeah, pretty close in that neighborhood. Right. So, uh, we're New Jersey is obviously not going to make the playoffs. No. Um, you know, New Jersey. Uh, maybe Paul Mary goes. He's not going to go to New, the New York Rangers. Um, I know. I think. I don't think. I mean, they're they're teetering on a spot. They're battling, but I, I don't think they're going to make it either. I think they're kind of going back to Vancouver. That's quite a situation. I feel yeah. it's not really about hockey right now. It's more about the well-being of the players. Make sure to get healthy and their families because I think they got caught with that. Uh, I think it's a Brazilian variant of the COVID, and it's I guess it, it goes quicker. It goes through people quicker and more contagious. So. I just hope the well-being is. I've heard some players really get hit hard. I mean, I've heard different reports from like Darren Dreger and some other hockey insiders that it may not be as bad as it seems, or it is bad. So, doesn't matter. They still have it. They got to go through the protocol. Let's see how many players are on it because if there's too many and they have to keep playing, they might have to bring up most of their minor league team, which is in the U.S. They have to quarantine. And I think I heard the other night somebody say that it actually, they had a few COVID cases with their minor league team in Utica here a few weeks back. So, oh, wow. So Ducks organization have been really hit hard, both the AHL so and you, the NHL. So when your farm team gets hit with the bug, then you've really got a problem because um, your taxi squad and your farm yeah. club where you, where you could get players um, is now affected, right? So, um, yeah, Utica, Vancouver, the AHL team, the NHL team are in a – a little bit of a pickle at the moment, but um, are you able to answer what the Leafs may do with Anderson when Anderson comes back? Is it safe to say, like, when he does come back? I don't know what the timetable is. At least when you had Simmons out, Thornton out, you had a bit of a timetable. Simmons was out there for six weeks. I know right now he's just kind of getting back into the same groove he was in um, when the season started. Um, but there's a lot of... Um, I'm patient. There is a lot of impatient Leaf fans right now on Simmons. Look that at, never happens, does look it? At, look at Jason's. <laughs> look at Jason Spezza, the cheapest guy on the ice, um, yep. and and the shootout winner the other night uh, scored first last night. Uh, it seems like Matthews is back into his uh, into his group. Uh, with the he had a wrist injury, but scored two goals last night. 5-3 over the Calgary Flames, and then the night before, they, they beat the Calgary Flames as well. So, um, But what's your thoughts on when Anderson does come back? He's going to come back, uh, either if he plays a backup role or um, maybe let him sit on the bench and just kind of watch the game, get get 
get back into uh, the swing of things and let Campbell do his thing. Cause I strongly believe, like I've I've talked to Clarky about this as well, and um, it's Campbell's net to lose right now until he falters or until he gets injured. Then um, it's it's Campbell's net. I don't see um, Sheldon Keith say, saying to Campbell, "Oh, Anderson's going to be back. Uh, we don't want him to sit on the be- bench too long. Um, we're we're going to sit sit Anderson and then play Anderson. Say because Ottawa. Like I know we've got Ottawa again, and um, there's going to be back to backs, right?" Um, so there's yeah. the, uh, there's obviously the, a better option than Hutch, but Hutch has been playing well too, Alan. So right now it's, it's actually, um, it's actually really good to see now in Leafland Hutchinson's playing well, right? He won that game Monday night versus the flame Sunday night yep. versus the, yep. Monday or Sunday versus the flame Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Yep. And then, uh, Campbell played, played awesome. Um, as long as he doesn't uh, play the puck outside of the net, and then, yeah, you know, gives <laughs> that's it an to, adventure. Gives it, gives it to McDavid. But what do you think the Leafs are going to do with Anderson when he comes back? Like maybe sit him a couple games, or what's your thoughts? Well, yeah, if if Campbell is feeling healthy, as long as you don't like play Campbell too much and get him burned out. I mean, it depends on that. Like we like to know what's going on with Anderson because I mean, if he's going to be hurt for a while, you got to put him. You should put him on LTIR so you can. Save that money, maybe go after something in trade line. But there's only, like I said, there's only five days, six days left for a trade deadline. You can use that money to get something, and you bring always bring Anderson back for the playoffs because look what Tant Bay's done. We talked about this on other uh, some of the uh, post game shows there lately with Clark and James, as we said. But we can use that money in the playoffs. They bring the, the Kucherov rule or whatever. So you maybe maybe you put Anderson in LTIR. You bring him back for the playoffs. Make sure he's rested. Campbell, as long as he's healthy, he you got to give him the ball. You can't put Anderson back in the net. You give him a game or two, but. As you said, as long as Anderson's got the hot hands and he's playing well and feels good, you keep him going. Unless he falters a couple of games in a row, then you maybe pull him. But if he, I don't think he's going to. I mean, he might get. He'll probably get a loss here and there. I mean, it's bound to happen. He's not going to stay perfect. However, I don't see that Campbell's a goalie is going to really be horrible a couple of games in a row right now. He's got confidence of his team because every. I mean, they play hard for him. I mean, you see him every time after the defense makes a good play, he makes a save. He always taps him on the back of the. Legs and say good job. So I mean, teammates love him, and I think yeah, Hutchins even enjoying it now. Because they said the other night, Hutchins after the game, he's enjoying Campbell. The enthusiasm's bowling over to him. He sees how happy he is, so he's just playing loose, and that's what it is. It's good to see somebody like that. So well, don't rush Anderson back, but it'd be nice to know what's happening. Is he going to be back before the end of the season? If not, maybe put him in LTIR. You look for maybe a goaltending depth at the deadline. Nothing too pricey, but maybe somebody else that can come in if you. You're not sure about Anderson or Hutchinson. Maybe come in as a backup to Campbell. They can maybe play a couple of games. I think a name I think you, I heard you throw out or some other people is maybe a, a Wedgwood in New Jersey, just somebody that's like very cheap, maybe get for a mid to late round draft pick, and that might be okay for Toronto. But, but Hutchinson's playing well. So, yeah, um, oh, I know. It's, I mean, that's, that's would that's you want to give up a fifth or sixth round pick or a se- seventh round pick for, um, Mackenzie Blackwood, I believe, is is the number one in New Jersey. And you've got, I get I get them mixed up because you get Mackenzie Blackwood, and what's the other guy? Mackenzie. Uh, it's us. Well, Wedgwood's there. Scott Wedgwood. Wedgwood. Scott Wedgwood, and the, yeah, 
So it's Wedgwood and Blackwood. So and Aaron Dell was there too, the one in Toronto who had originally as their third string. They had to put him on waivers. New Jersey picked him up, but he must be in the Myers. I haven't even heard his name unless but he got at least, hurt. At least with Hutchinson, he played with Colorado last year in the playoffs there. So he's got a bit of. I think that helped him. Uh, he's I mean, got he, the upper hand on, say, Aaron Dell because he played in the playoffs yeah. with with uh, Colorado there, right? As as Colorado was going for the run in last year's playoffs. Yeah, he, had to, uh, he had to play him for it because the other two goalies Hertz Hutchin actually got some playoff action. He yeah. he looked he looked okay. I mean he was he did his job. I think he got a win or two, but I mean I mean it was tough. I mean that tough when your two goalies are out. But I mean I think that gave him some confidence coming in with Colorado that's you know a team like that. And I think he's played except for the Ottawa fiasco and a couple other games. He's played pretty well. He's he's done. He's not been flashy. He's not been like outstanding, but he's done the job. He's kept the Leafs in the games, and they've won some of them. Other games, it was like the game against Edmonton. He kept a minute. It was an overtime loss. I mean, just one save at one end, and then McDavid is up the nurse at the other end and buries it. I mean, who's going to stop that? I mean, I don't even think Campbell or Anderson would have stopped that one. So you can't really blame. No, I've I've got all the confidence in the world, Alan, with with uh, Jack Campbell. If if it's Jack Campbell's net, and we yeah. go, oh, you go with we're him. Gonna make, we're going to make the playoffs as standing show yeah. right now. Um, yeah, but it's going to be interesting. We mentioned the Gallagher situation. Um, at least with Gallagher, we know he's got that thumb injury. We don't know Carey Price's situation. Thankfully, and we talked about the pre pre preseason. Um, it's it's going to be good to have a 1A, 1B, or 1A, 1A, or ha- however you want to look yeah. at it, because now you're in a situation where you've got back-to-backs. You can rely on Jake Allen in Montreal. right? Yeah. Eric Stahl scored the other night, so he's doing his yeah. thing um, with Montreal. So that's, that's good to see. I, I strongly believe they're not in trouble. Um, they may drop a – they might drop down to third or fourth. I don't see them missing the playoffs. I think Price will come back um, right before the playoffs. It, it's it's barring, gonna be- yeah. I was gonna say sorry, barring a miracle, I think you got your four playoff teams in the north. It's just a matter of positioning yeah. now because I think Vancouver and Calgary. I mean, Vancouver, we don't know what's gonna happen with them with their COVID situation. Well, Calgary, Calgary, Calgary I'm pretty sure after these two games, I think the the balloon's been deflated. I. I don't think they're making it either. And in Ottawa, I mean, they're playing hurt. They're staying in games. You know, they're going to get well, they're, teams. They're playing, they for, back they're, last playing for, they're playing for spots next year. Like, look at the. But they're they're they got three they're give you a game. It doesn't matter if they win or lose. They're going to play you hurt. So, like, it'd be I've had to be another classic on Saturday night against Toronto. They're going to yeah play the least hurt. They always do. So it's, it's going to be interesting in, as far as who Ottawa plays in nets. Like they what they've gone through five or six goaltenders. And it's, it's crazy because about a month ago, or I don't know, maybe a week, week into the season, um, few people from belly up sports um, chose the under, chose the under on uh, how many games the Ottawa senators were, were going to win. And the number was at was at 10 and, and they chose the, the under, it sure did that with Buffalo. They're, I think they're instead a of team Ottawa. full of piss and vinegar, like Josh Norris. Like they've got right now. Oh yeah. It's what did someone choose the Ottawa Senators not to win ten games, and the guys from like Delaware or Wichita? To the Buffalo, the, Buffalo Sabers are maybe a ten the way they're going. It might be under right, ten. Like when you've got, when you've got the power like the Senators have, and it's the same as the Titanic just going through that iceberg. They're not going to crash like like the Titanic did, but they're going yeah. as fast right now as the Titanic did. 
They're they've got solid goaltending. It's funny because I'm wondering when the day is going to come when Holberg is going to get actual Senators gear. He's still wearing his Winnipeg Jets gear from like yeah. the last month when he played. But yeah. they've they've got Guftason, Matt Murray, Matt Murray's out right now. But they've got Guftason, they got Holberg. Um, Jeez, I can't even think of the other guys they have, but um, uh, Forsberg, I think. Yeah, Forsberg. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see yeah. um, who Ottawa who Ottawa plays in Nets on Saturday. Is that a that's a home game? Is it? I have to double check. Is that? The, I believe it's. I believe it's in Toronto. I I think it's in Toronto. If I'm not mistaken, I have to look it up myself. But it yeah. doesn't matter where it is. I mean, is in, the tenth is in Toronto versus the Senators. So they're actually not a better in. road team right now than a home team, even though it really doesn't matter because of no fans. I mean, it really doesn't affect. Except in the states, it may be a road game would be different. But now with Canada, where it's no fans, that's why I think the road team really doesn't matter who's home or road. It's only the last change. But can we go back to the trade bait list here just for a second? Sure. Um, Matthias Ekholm's actually trending downwards because yeah, right well, Nashville because Nashville's actually in the fourth position right now. So why trade Ekholm? Mike Michael Granlin is is in the seventh spot, um, and and James's boy Josh Manson is actually trending upwards right now in the eleventh spot. And it's it's funny you go down the list and. You know, at 12, they got Chicago's cap space. Um, Toronto's top prospects really could be Nick Robertson, uh, Rasmus Sandin, um, Raquel's there. Ryan Dezingle was talked about. He's trending downwards. Um, Bobby Ryan's still in the mix. Um, but if Toronto's looking at a depth defenseman, um, you know, get a Davis Savard. And then you can then you can sit Travis Dermott because I don't I don't see any other defenseman right now. Well, you're, the name you brought up last week, you, you would sit. Besides, you're not going to trade for David Savard and then have him tra- um, have him sit in the no. press box. Travis Dermott, um, where he's just kind of um, kind of a, a guy you could just you know sit and, and be okay with. Then I say he could, he can sit and play David Savard play. Uh, Justin Hall, um, Riley, Muzzin, and uh, Brody. Right. So, what, what's your thoughts on uh, who maybe who may the Toronto Maple Leafs get when uh, the trade deadline the, is next Monday? So we're only yeah. le- we're less than a week away. So, but Josh Manson and and David Savard right now are the, are the only guys in the top ten um, that I could see maybe Toronto getting Manson on the back end. Maybe that yeah. six or seven D. He'd be you know he's got. Thirteen games, he got a a goal, a goal and two points. I'm not sure why it's worth four point one million. Still with one year left on his contract, but could be a really good uh, rental player on that back end. Um, and obviously, he would uh, be a better upgrade than than if we had to call Marinchin back, right? Yeah. There's a bit. Well, you're saying. I think you mentioned Vince Dunn. He's up in the. I think the top fifteen or twenty right now. Because St. Louis have really fallen out of the playoff race. So, yeah, I think he's got a pretty they, decent salary. I think night, somebody like that. The Vegas. So six. Uh, Vince Dunn right now is in the sixteenth position. Um, he's a left D. He's worth one point eight seven five yeah. million. He's I don't rest- know if St. Louis will restrict- trade because of. Well, he's a restricted free agent. He's got five goals on the season. He's not a. He's not a. He, he's not a six, fifth or sixth D man. He would be uh, maybe a, a top four D for sure. 
But he might have to be a third pair in Toronto. But, I mean, if there's somebody maybe look at if St. Louis are willing to trade him, as long as it's not too expensive, like you don't get fleeced, if you get a, if you can get a decent deal for him, that's somebody I'd be talking about. I'd be That's more, I think, with the least need right now. He's even playing so well. Do you really mess with the chemistry of this team too much? Yeah. Unless the deal is too good to pass up. I think you're looking more for depth, maybe a depth forward, a depth defenseman. And depending on Anderson's situation, do you think about depth goaltending? I think the number one key has got to be defenseman, and I think – Yes, it might be nice to get Neckholm or Severe, but at least if they get some depth, we're going to have to worry about bringing up a Callie Rosen or a Martin Marincin, and then you can keep the young guys, you know, grooming the minors, give them some playing time, and then a couple of years are ready to come up like Sandine and Lilligren. So, like, a Vince Dunn would be a good name if they can't if they can't cash in on, like, a Severe or a Neckholm or maybe even, yeah, like, or one of those guys. Maybe a Vince Dunn or I think we were – I'm trying to think if there's anybody else, but – you, we always said about that is maybe – I think another name – I think I don't know if he's a defenseman or is it I follow in L.A., at least maybe um, – well, he, No, he was, the, he was the forward, I believe. Uh, oh, he's a forward? Were, okay, I've heard were, his name. They were going to add him. They were going to add him, Alan, in a, a possible Jonathan Quick trade where Quick and Alifalo play on the, the L.A. Kings, right? So that might have been a, an, an added piece, say, if they okay. um, added Kerfoot. Right. Say if Carefort went to the, um, say Carefort went to the Kings, maybe they could put a quick, quick Alifalo, Carefort, and someone else in that yeah. mix. Right. I don't but, think Quick is going to be coming. I think Quick's too. I, I, I would not go for five years old. Right. So he's probably just going to. I mean, it's just a salary. The salary was lower, then you maybe take a chance at him. But the Toronto doesn't need to spend that much goaltending or spend that much on goaltending. If you're going to do that, you may as well go after somebody else. I, th- in my opinion. Yeah, and I believe right now, um, if Toronto gets a backup or gets a third guy, depending on the Anderson situation, um, Darcy Kemper's got a year left, right? Uh, Dubnik could be a rental. He's a UFA at the end of this season. Um, And then you've got Jonathan Bernier. What's your thoughts on Jonathan Bernier? Maybe he could... uh, be a depth goalie for Toronto, depending on the, the Anderson situation. Um, yeah. he's a, he is a UFA at the end of the season. So he could be a, at 32 years of age. He could be a, a, um, he could be a, um, a rental player. What do you think um, about Jonathan Bernier possibly playing in Toronto? Well, he did already before. I thought he was going to be like, I thought it was a good pickup when they acquired him originally, but it just didn't work out. I mean, he's, he played okay, but then he got traded. It all depends on Anderson. If Anderson's not coming back, then maybe you look at getting Bernier. I mean, the play behind Campbell. But if if they do, Anderson's coming back, and he's not one hundred percent. He don't. I don't think he's spending that much on a goaltender. But if you know Anderson's going to be out till at least the playoffs, then yeah, maybe you go after a Bernier. But the name you mentioned, I think, really intrigues me a little bit. If he's healthy, but I think he's been healthy lately. Is Kemper in Arizona? Because he's had some good. Yeah, I mentioned he's him. He's last year in the last, last year or two. So he, I don't think he'd be a rental. Um, yeah, so Arizona would want something in return, and yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, um, maybe so you look at a you may look at a Bernier or a Dubnik if you can get him cheap, and you know Anderson is not coming back till maybe the playoffs. Then you maybe get that for depth, unless you're set with Hutchinson and you just want to get somebody else in. I, I don't know. Like it all depends on how they feel about the goaltending and what the question mark is. Anderson's health. What what is his status? Is he coming back before the end of the season? If he is, then maybe you don't need to look at the goaltending because he could probably Campbell as Campbell's healthy. But if they know Campbell's not 100, percent then you maybe think about it too. But he like, like he's been okay in those games. I, I like, don't want to hurt. 
Go ahead, Alan. I say you don't want to rush him. You don't want to like give him a bunch of starts and that in a row. So, but I like I like Josh. I like Josh Manson. He he's where he's at at number eleven. Um, he, I say he could go to Toronto. He's on that right D. Twenty nine years old. He does have a year left. Uh, maybe a, a maybe a pick goes back to Anaheim. Um, I, I don't know. Like a package would have to make sense, obviously for the for the ducks, but yeah, Josh, Josh Manson right now is looking very appealing in that, in that very, in, in that 11th position. Right. So, um, it, it's, it's tough. Like, you know, you, you live in Toronto, um, or you live in Ontario yeah. and, and we haven't, you know, sniffed the Stanley cup since, you know, 1967. I know a lot of fans right now are getting impatient. Um, we're very close to 93, but you know, obviously, uh, Wayne Gretzky um, kiboshed that idea. Yeah, 94 as well, but 94, then they hit. Vancouver killed us as well, yeah. So, uh, they've had a few really close standing, chances, but. Can't really say anything about Vancouver because we'll lose uh, Quinn Donovan and Gideon Hill as friends. So we'll just keep keep, <laughs> we'll keep that on the, the down low. But, um, yeah, we, we've sniffed the uh, the conference finals twice in um, in the last 20-odd years. Um so I, I do remember those years. I was ten or eleven when that all happened. But yeah, the last time they were close was oh, 03, I think it was. They lost to Carolina in the conference final. So Leaf Plan right now, I, I strongly believe they're getting impatient. Like is Josh Manson gonna help the, the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, he's a he's a better, he's definitely a better option than say a Marinchin, no. who we we had to call upon last year when a lot of people uh, are yeah, when uh, Muslim went down against Columbus. So um, we're going to be faced up against tough teams. Like if we get past uh, the North Division, you know, we're going to be up, say, against yeah. Vegas, Colorado, uh, Boston. Tampa right? Bay. Tampa Bay, Carolina, Florida. Look at Florida. Florida right now is actually the top team in Florida. Yep. Um, yep. Who, who would have thought of that? Like who would have thought that um, the Florida Panthers would be on top of that uh that uh, whatever they call themselves down there, the Sun Belt yeah. or whatever whatever they yep. call it. Um, it, who would have thought that the Florida Panthers would have been um, above the the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? And you and you got to realize too, like remember when Tampa Bay won the President's Cup or President's Trophy, and they then they played Columbus. Well, That's Columbus, right. yeah. So. Um, I don't. Th- I don't. I. I don't want to see Toronto win the president. Imagine if Toronto had the chance to win the President's Cup or the President's Trophy. I. I don't want to see it happen because I know it's usually it's, a jinx. Gonna, yeah, usually it's a jinx, and you know, I'm, we're going to make the top four, and I just want to get past. Say, Mont- we're going to have to get past Montreal, Winnipeg, Edmonton. It's probably looking like maybe Edmonton and Toronto. Um, in the first round, Montreal versus Winnipeg, but right now it's not set in stone. That could be, um, could be anybody. But if we've got to face Montreal and Winnipeg in the first round, and then the other team plays Edmonton, I'm not, I'm not going to be feeling comfortable. I, I strongly believe we need that guy in the back end. We need to solidify um, some D depth. Guys that have toughness, guys that have have experience, get the goalie situation figured out. Because Winnipeg and Montreal, 
because um, right now, as we mentioned, the top four, the way you see it now, it might fluctuate from two to four, but um, we've handled Edmonton pretty good. But when it comes down to Ed Winnipeg and Montreal, we've really got to um, find the right pieces to get past Montreal because Montreal's going to come come at us hard and Winnipeg's going to come at us hard. And they've got Connor Hellebuck, um, reigning Vezina Trophy winner, yeah. potentially could win the Vezina this year, and Carey Price, who's not a slouch either. Yeah. So Montreal's going to come out pretty hard. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'd be more concerned with Winnipeg right now. Too, so. Um, you know, Toronto's got to get that D depth figured out. Josh Manson looked really appealing right now. Vince Dunn. Um, St. Louis did lose to Vegas the other night, six to one. Yeah. Um, so I don't see St. Louis making the playoffs. Um, it's just too late in the season. I know a couple of years ago they were pretty much looking like they were out of it in January, but had lots of time left. And obviously, yeah. and then they go on a, a massive playoff run it's, and, and then win the Stanley Cup. But yeah. right now, I think time is limited for them to really make a, a run. Yeah. Um, so maybe Vince Dunn gets traded uh, to Toronto or Josh Manson. Yep. Luke, Luke Glenn Denning, uh, Jonathan Bernier, Felino, Taylor Hall, Paul Marion, Savard are the top five. I don't see Michael Granlin going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, at number eight, you've got Toronto's top prospect. Um, our Philadelphia Flyers sellers at the trade deadline, Scott Scott Lawton, is uh, yeah, right there in the top ten. And like I mentioned, the Matthias Ekholm is uh, – he was trending as of last week, but now kind of uh, slowly disappearing because Nashville's in that fourth position, right? So um, I don't believe Ekholm like, – even though James would love to have Ekholm and Clark as well. Yeah. Um, I don't see Matthias Ekholm getting traded because Nashville's are in that playoff spot. Yeah. Um, and maybe Nashville's in a tough spot right now, unless they can get yeah. better with a trader or is equal a part, like a player back. I don't think Nashville's trading a few weeks ago, but a different story. I think Columbus are more of the sellers right now. Interesting to see the two guys they got from Winnipeg really not fl uh, flourishing with uh, Tortorella. That's Line A and Roslevic. I think Roslevic's been a healthy scratch a couple times. Well, maybe, maybe, Line goes, so. maybe Line A goes to Buffalo and Eichel goes to Columbus, and then he oh could. Uh, I don't think it's going to be an interesting week, Alan. We've got yeah. uh, six days or so, six days or so uh, until the till the trade deadline and expires next Monday at 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. or whatever the whatever the time frame is. But yeah. um, I, I just want to give a huge shout-out to uh, Sober Athletic Wear. I'm wearing the hat right now. So huge shout-out to Troy Calmer over at Sober Athletic Wear. And um, I don't see you wearing any Humboldt Bronco stuff today, Alan, but – um, of course, I don't have anything. I I, I tried to the, the the shirt that I'm wearing. It, yeah, it, it's a, it fit three years ago. Now it's COVID belly. It doesn't I, fit anymore. But. I can't believe that's three years. That was what a tragic moment that was. I called. Where, where were you at? The, I was going to ask. Where were you at the time? Um, it happened around 5 p.m. Um, Saskatchewan time. Yeah. So that would have been seven or eight o'clock your time yeah, in Ontario. Just, so you were, were you calling a game? What were you? doing at the time and when did you hear about the, the bus crash 
I was actually home that evening. I was just, you know, following Twitter and stuff, probably watching an NHL game or something. And I saw a couple of tweets from some local reporters. And I think it was Regina or Saskatoon saying rumblings of this. I hope it's not true. And then all of a sudden stuff started to come in. And so I turned it on like some news station. I think it was like either CBC or TSN or somewhere or Sportsnet, somewhere like that to see. And then I'm over TSN really picked up on it. Yeah, it was just tragic. I remember I did call a game the next night. They, uh, the Raiders, Georgetown Raiders, Toronto Patriots. It was game five of the uh, conference final. I remember in Toronto, and they did like a moment of silence. They had all the players stand together at center ice and did a moment of silence and all that. It was the first one of the first games to happen. I think one of the first junior games to happen after this tragic incident. So they all had a moment of silence. I remember uh, CB24 actually was there to cover it as well, and CTV News. So they covered the uh, moment. They put it on their news and that. So. Yeah, it's, it was so hard because, I mean, that's what junior hockey is in Canada. You go on buses any far road trips. And, I mean, it happened years ago, unfortunately, with Swift Current Broncos there. A few people died, and then this one was even worse. But, as they say, gone but never forgotten. And I think there's talk now they're going to build a memorial site in uh, Humboldt near the arena for them, which yeah, is they, uh, yeah, right they there. Yeah, so. I showed it on Sportsnet. So, when you watch the games tonight, they're going to have a little uh, 3D picture, I guess, on the um, – on the site and it's it's the same in any area in canada and the states you know we got the swiss air, <clears throat> the swiss air monument yep. uh towards yep. peggy's cove um yep. gander newfoundland where i'm where i'm actually from um 286 souls were lost um 1985 there was a military plane yep. crashed in gander newfoundland um so the, there's monuments all over the world um, Normandy, uh, right? So it, it's it's cool to see they're doing something with the money. Oh, there's tons of money um, raised because of this. Um, uh, it's funny because I'll, I'll share a little story. So we were a couple, couple months ago. It, we did get to go on a bus to to Liverpool. You know where Liverpool, Nova Scotia yep. is. Um, yep. For the viewers listening, Liverpool is about say two hours uh, towards the South shore down towards Yarmouth, Nova Scotia area. So we got to go on the bus and um, I get on the, I was the last guy on the bus cause we're putting the gear in the back and I was making sure it was all situated. And I get on the bus and for the first like 10 or 15 minutes, um, I sat there and it was my first junior bus ride. Like I've been on bus rides um, as a kid, but obviously um, this was actually my first bus ride after the humble. So I haven't been on a bus in three years um, because the other junior team, like the other junior team I was part of, we only traveled an hour. When you travel over an hour and a half or two hours, you, you take a bus like um, it's now called U 18s. They, um, they don't take a bus going to the South shore. They only take, you only take buses real now when you go to Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. Two yeah. through Anaganish, that route, right? Anaganish, Cape Breton, yeah, that that way, right? So I that was actually my first bus ride, um, in three or four years, um, and three years ago the Humboldt Broncos crash happened, and I'm sitting there for the first ten minutes going to Liverpool. I'm just like, you know, trying to have a nap, you know, and that wasn't happening because it was an old like school bus, um, with luxury seats and it was it was bouncing around and, um. The bus driver hit the rumble, st- rumble uh, thing, whatever you call it, on the side of the road, and, and I just like 
couldn't sleep thinking about the Humboldt crash. And even th people are going to think about it every day or every time they go on a bus or, or they go on a road trip. They're going to think about Humboldt, right? And forget the gentleman's name. I think it was LaBelle who was with Humboldt. He played in UPEI and he took a minivan and someone drove the minivan for, for, I don't know, maybe a month or two. Or, um, I don't know actually how long, but he couldn't get on buses after that, that crash. Now, I don't know the situation now. I, I don't know if he's still at UPEI, University of Prince Edward Island, but um, people are never going to forget, forget about Humboldt. Like they, they're going to wear the shirts and even like there's what, 200 junior A teams across Canada. There's, and then you got junior B, you got junior C, right? The stickers all over walls. It's this this tragedy will never be forgotten. Um, and you should never not want to go on a bus. Like you should want to be on the bus because that's the junior experience. I, I strongly believe when after that night was over, I I went I got home and I'm like, yeah, like I was worried at first because of the Humboldt incident, and I haven't been on a bus in a while with the team. Um, but don't not take a bus. Like that's the whole junior, junior experience. So, um, I want, I want to introduce you to my next guest here, Alan. Okay. Mr. Mr. Clark Monroe. Thank you. Mr. Very Green much. Screen. Hey, yeah, yeah he's, I'm, I'm right in the studio. We got the squad cast in like an hour and 20 minutes. So I'm, I'm yep. just getting ready. So you're the very last person to speak. So everyone viewing in. This is Clark Monroe from the Squadcast. He's got a show on tonight, Tuesday. Don't even know what time because your time at your time difference is yeah. is confusing to me here in the Atlantic Coast. Um, but you're the last man to speak, Clark. Uh, take as much time as you want. Me and Alan talked about uh, who Toronto could get in the next week. We talked about Josh Manson uh, being an attractive uh, player for Toronto, um, and uh, we want to hear your. Humboldt story, if you've got one. Uh, we just talked about that for a little bit, but the floor is yours, Clark. Sure. Um, yeah, so I actually have a rant that, uh, uh, you know, my Alan, thank you for voting for Clark on the Leafs for tonight's. Uh, yeah, no problem. I don't think it's going to win. So I think I'll get I picked the Blue Jays, by the way. Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> it is the Blue Jays. So I think uh, I'll give you guys my little rant that I won't be able to give on the show tonight. But Okay, awesome. Man. Um, Go. Uh, let's start with the Humboldt thing, if you guys don't mind. Uh, I remember hearing the news. I got a text uh, from a good buddy of mine, Aaron Murphy, who uh, I know from Estevan in my time in the SJHL. Actually, um, one second here. On the set of the Squadcast tonight is a jersey from the 2018 season. And this is the Estevan Bruins, obviously. And this was the year it happened. Uh, the Bruins were playing... Um, they were playing, well, let's, they were the waiting to see who the winner of Nippowin Humboldt was going to be. Uh, so I was very invested because I was a former Bruins employee. I was keeping my eye on it very closely. And I get a text from my, my buddy Aaron Murphy, and he says, sounds like Humboldt's bus crashed. And I was oh, wow. like, oh, well, did it just pull off to the side of the road or like what happened? And he said, no, it sounds more serious than that. And I, I remember to this day, I, I immediately just sunk. Uh, and I think a lot of people did. I'm not alone in that. But, um, you know, I I was the guy, you know, when I worked for the Bruins, I traveled with the team. Uh, I sat in the front of the bus. I would have been I would have been I wouldn't be here talking to you guys today if that was if that was me. So 
Um, you know, that hit me really hard because I had just come off working in that league. I knew a lot of the guys who worked with the, the Broncos, that some of the players were still kicking around since the time I was there. So it was, that's a big, that's a big day that I'm never going to forget because it was a moment where I'm, I, I think a lot of people had this moment that day, especially here in Saskatchewan. Maybe you guys had it too, but you heard about, you heard about it through somebody and you thought that can't be true. And I think a lot of people had that moment where they said that, that that can't be true. And then of course, what happened, we all know now and the survivors are all doing amazing things uh, in the world now. So, um, you know, that's, that's my Humboldt story. Uh, I'm very indirectly affected by it, but I think we're all together in it and Humboldt strong and, and all those things. Yes, so yes, sir. I've, I got the t-shirt on today. I'm sorry, oh, Clark. Um, you had Caleb Dahlgren on the show yeah. on the RP show. Just give a shout out to Caleb while we have you here, because maybe the viewers tuning in, uh, can check, get the book at Indigo or, or Amazon. Uh, yeah. to talk about your experience with, uh, Caleb being on the RP show. Sure. So Caleb was a guy, um, who was in the league when I was working in the league, he was with the Notre Dame hounds and he got traded to Humboldt, I think that year as a 20 year old. And uh, so I have a weird connection with Caleb just because I saw him play so much. And um, I knew what kind of guy he was and he was a leader on and off the ice. And he was on uh rod show, I guess a couple weeks ago now, and he just released a, a book, not all about that, but very much surrounding his, his experiences with that. And since then, and it's called Crossroads, and I haven't gotten to read it yet, um, but I've heard so many good things. I think Haley Wickenheiser was like a co-writer of it, or she wrote a big part of it. Um, and there's a lot, a lot of support behind it, and Caleb's doing some really great things. So uh, I would recommend if, you, if you're interested uh, and you have any sort of connection to the Humboldt thing or you want to know more about it, um, I think he goes into pretty good detail about it and um, kind of how he dealt with everything. Yeah. So Crossroads and there's a subtitle. I'm not sure the full subtitle, but it's like his experience with the Humboldt bus crash or something along those lines. So Crossroads is the main title. Caleb Dahlgren, uh, you can find it. It's a great, great guy, great kid and uh, cheering for him every day. One, one last thing, Clark, um, I was just telling Alan there, we did have... I believe two or three bus rides this year with the junior team that I'm involved with. And the first bus ride, I was the last person to be on, go on the bus. And for fi first 15, 20 minutes into the, into the trek, um, down into uh, the South shore, I was like, uh, I was panicking. Um, and I, I've never panicked on airplanes. Um, I'll watch six hours of uh, Mayday and, and still take a plane ride, but I was terrified. Um, we're going to all be affected by this Humboldt uh, for many years to come. And it's it's hard to believe it's been three years. But uh, I just wanted to add that. The, the couple of bus rides I had this year weren't very comfortable. Yeah, I think um, if, you ever, if you've ever taken a hockey bus ride, you've had yeah. a moment where you're like, that's the, that was a close call. I think everyone's yeah. had one of those if you've ridden a, a hockey bus. Yeah. It's late at night. The driver's been driving for four hours, and uh, it's the middle of nowhere. Yeah. No lights, pitch black, and yeah. something happens where he slams on the brakes, and everyone's waking up from their sleep or whatever. You've, we've all had that moment, and uh, you know it's like you said, it's it's going to be something that's uh, always on our minds. But if you want to switch yeah. 
switch yeah, over to the go Leafs ahead and talk. switch over to Leafs talk. Uh, um, we don't take too much of your time. Uh, Clark. No, I'll, I'll give you another few minutes here. I got some time here. Um, me and Max just had our big pregame show, pregame meeting. Uh, we had our, we actually pre-recorded our chat with Ken Reed, so it's going to be on the air uh, in a couple hours here. But um, he's a great guy, by the way, Ken Reed. What a gem. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's been on the offside uh, actually yeah, a couple so times. So. Uh, From so gotta, uh, native of Pictou County, Nova Scotia. Oh yeah, yeah. I got to get out there again soon. Uh, uh, but anyway, so yeah, I, I uh, I'll give you my Leafs rant. And if you you tuned in because I was on TikTok live for like three hours last night, and I was just going off. Speaking of TikTok, Clark, yeah. um, I don't I don't know if you're on TikTok, Alan, but check out the guy that sings a song called Sixteen Sticks. Really oh. good, really good song. I'm I'm surprised you haven't heard that one, Clarky. Um, forget the gentleman's name, but he's on TikTok and uh, okay. he uh, performed the song called Sixteen Sticks," um, which was sixteen lives were taken um, yeah. from that bus crash. So, okay, I'll have to look for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I was going off last night on my my live and about John Tavares and there's a lot of talk about John Tavares and I think you guys have probably talked about it too. Um, you know, he's not performing to an $11 million center and he's not scoring as much as he did his first year. And so I've been thinking about it a lot and, um, trying to figure out why that is. And, uh, you know, kind of along the lines of, you know, is he underperforming or what is he doing differently than he did in, in the year he scored 47 goals? which is obviously his first year. And I looked at the roster and I looked at the guys he's constantly playing against this year and how Sheldon Keefe, and I guess even to an extent last year, Mike Babcock, how they were using him. And uh, I've come to a conclusion that he's being forced into a defensive role and they're making him a shutdown center. And he's not given the opportunities that he got in his first year because in his first year here, uh, or sorry, with Toronto, I'm not in Toronto, so I can't say here. But in his first year in Toronto, uh, Nazem Kadri was that guy. Nazem Kadri got sent out, and he was the super pest who got put out against the Bergerons and the McDavid's and the Stamkoses and everybody. And uh, with the last two years, Kerfoot's not that guy. Uh, Pierre Engvall's not that guy. Freddie Gauthier's the most brutal player in the league. Uh, so he's not that guy. Um so they're, you know, they, they didn't have anybody who could do it. And John Tavares was the only guy who they trusted enough and still trust enough to shut down the top players on every team every night. And so what he's been doing in the last two years, why his numbers have dipped, is because there hasn't been anybody under him uh, or above him uh, who can go out and play that role. So I, uh, I've noticed that recently, you know, every single time, especially in Canada, it's easy. Um, McDavid's out on the ice, he's out on the ice. Johnny Goudreau, last two games, or was out on the ice? Johnny's out on the ice against Monaghan and Goudreau. Uh, so he, he's doing that, and he's very good at it, uh, which is it's underappreciated. Look at, look at every game they played in Alberta this year. They're, they're undefeated in Alberta. I'm just saying on the road. Uh, he's shutting down these guys. He's shutting down the, these teams' best players. And, you know, he scores a couple goals last night, and he's starting to score a little bit again, and uh, it's starting to feel a lot better. Uh, I don't know if I'm lagging here, guys. Am I lagging? No, nope, you're perfectly fine, Clark. Okay. It keeps, it keeps cutting off on my phone. So, uh, But anyways, so the, a lot of people are talking about the lack of production, but I'm looking at it more 
uh, as he's playing a role that the team needs very badly. And if they can go out and get a guy, and I've been preaching it, you guys have heard me say the name, but Boone Jenner, uh, or if they can go out and get a guy who can be a third-line shutdown type of guy and give him the opportunity to separate himself from that role a little bit, you're going to start seeing $11 million John Tavares come back to play and do what he does best, which is score goals. But uh, until then, he's going to be forced into a shutdown role, and he's going to be that guy until somebody comes along and takes it from him. So that's my little Leafs rant tonight, uh, and uh, we'll see if they address that, if that's a priority for them. Like We've heard the names Kyle Palmieri. He'd be pretty good, but he's not – I don't know if he's a guy who can drive a line to do that. He's a winger, so can you put him out as a shutdown guy? Maybe. Um, Nick Felino would be that kind of guy, but he's not a full-time center. So do you trust him to do that? I don't know. Uh, so that's why Boone Jenner keeps coming back to me. And the more I think about it, the more I just feel like he's the perfect guy for what they need right now. And we'll see if that comes to fruition or not. But that's my that's my take. What about Scott Lawton in uh, Philly oh. if they're trading him? That's another guy. Like he'd, he'd I live sellers right now, I believe. And I think he'd be probably cheaper than Boone Jenner would be. Uh, so I would say that that'd be a he'd be a great little third line guy. You could probably put at center, and he could go out and just be the most annoying player ever to those big names uh, every night. Even if it's not full time, even if it's just half of the shifts that Johnny would have gone out to be a defensive guy. If Scott Lawton can go out even half the time and just give Johnny a couple more offensive shifts. We're going to start seeing huge production again, and uh, it's just a matter of time and giving him the ability to do it. Lofton, it, Lofton is a would he be a would he be an upgrade compared to Engvall, who we're seeing I, I right now? So. In, in terms of in terms of style of play, I would say yeah. Um, okay. Engvall's speedy, and you know we all know what he can do, but Lawton would be more of you know, a, a light version of Nazem Kadri. Like, that's the kind of guy he would be. He's more physical. He's a, more of a pest. He's more of a four-checker, more of a grinder, whereas Ingvall's just a speedy guy who can do stuff. Uh, you know, score a goal every once in a while that gets disallowed. It seems like every goal he scores gets disallowed. So, anyway. I'm really, really liking <laughs> Josh, Josh Manson at the 11th spot on the trade bait list. So, um, I... I I think in the next six days you'll see um, Josh Manson uh, become a Toronto Maple Leaf. For the I would next love seven that. days. Um, would he's look. That. He look. He's looking really attractive right now in the top eleven. Uh, besides David Savard and Matthias Ekholm is going down uh, for obvious reasons um, because hey, um, the Nashville Predators are in a playoff spot, uh, making uh, Mister Ritz a very happy man right now. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, that's why you're a fan. You never can count out your team. And um, I'm a Blackhawks fan. Um, I knew at the beginning that the Blackhawks were going to be real building. Never knew, never thought Lankin would come in um, and do what he was doing or doing what he's doing now. Um, but I'm okay with that fifth position. If Blackhawks um, don't make it, hey, it's not the end of the world. Uh, we've still got a Toronto Maple Leafs here in the top four. So. Josh Manson is looking very appealing um, to me. What's your guys' thoughts on uh, maybe a David Savard or Josh Manson? Yeah, uh, I think Josh Manson would be great. I've been pushing for him for a while, but the hard part with his dollar figure now is is how does he fit into your top four, and is he a guy you can afford to fit on your bottom pair? Yeah, uh, four. Sorry, Clark, four point one million with a year left. Right. 
Oh, so he, like one more year after this year, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's a thing. Like, I don't know. A couple of years ago, he would have been great beside Morgan Riley, and that would have yeah. that would have alleviated you from needing to get TJ Brody. Uh, but now that they have Brody, and now that they have Hall, who's kind of filled in, maybe you push Hall down, and you can put Dermot with Hall or Bogosian with Hall, and put Manson onto that second pair with Muzzin. I love Josh Manson, um, and the one thing too with the Ducks, and I know you always you always make fun of me because I bring up retention, but. Um, retaining, have, retaining, yeah, retain, yeah. Uh, one thing that they have is three. Let me just actually, I was just looking at them because me and Max were just oh, having wow. a really big debate about some stuff. Um, they have they have Ryan Kessler on long term injury reserve, and he's not coming back. So if if the Leafs want to add to their LTIR bank, um, Kessler has a seven million dollar contract for two more years that they can put on that LTIR and not have to worry about it. And I would assume that Anaheim wouldn't want to pay him what they actually have to pay him. So um, that might be a move. Like, I, I think Kessler, it says he has a no-move clause, but I don't know how that works with him right now. I can't imagine he would waive or not waive a no-move clause. He's on the LTIR. It doesn't matter who's paying him. He's just got to get paid. So I could see a move there where maybe Toronto looks at Anaheim and says, hey, we'll get a couple extra dollars off your books. If you can make this work for us, we'll send you a – We'll send you Kerfoot, and we'll take Kessler off your hands if you give us Manson uh, or something along those lines. And I, I could see that maybe working, but then that leaves a hole up front. And then what do they do with that hole up front? Do they do they are they able to bring in a Scott Lawton for pretty cheap and make it work? I don't know. I I don't know exactly how LTR uh, LTIR works, so I don't know how bringing in six six point nine million dollars would help them right now, but. They've made it work in the past, and look at what Tampa's doing right now with Kucherov on LTIR. So I'd be curious. I'd be curious, but I don't know if that's the move or not. What's your thoughts, Alan? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be something to think about, too. But the other uh, question mark there, Clark, we were talking earlier with Jamie, was about Freddie Anderson. What's his status? Do you right. put him on LTIR, or is he coming back before the end of the season? There's some money that could be freed up, too. If, yeah, and Kemper's got a year left. Kemper's got a year left, too, right? So. Yeah, Bernier is really only your only option right now if you want a rental goaltender for depth reasons. Right. There's some talk about maybe Linus Allmark from Buffalo potentially coming over uh, if they make some sort of blockbuster deal with Buffalo. Dubnik uh, as well, right? Dubnik. I've heard Dubnik's name being thrown around a little bit. So I, it's so tough because, you know, Jack Campbell's really won that spot. Um, yeah. Just a little, a little uh, teaser. But Ken Reed comes on our show, and again, we pre-recorded it, so it's not going to be live. Sorry, guys. I broke the illusion. But Crap. Uh, I, was, I had like 10 questions. The glass ceiling has been broken. I had like 10 questions that, that I, I can well, ask him any time, but I have like 10 questions I wanted to ask him. <laughs> Still comment in. We'll, we'll answer them later. Oh, you're, you, uh, get, you but, get my comment. Uh, you get enough of me, buddy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he said that, you know, even if Freddie comes back, Jack Campbell's won the spot. It's Jack Campbell's spot. Yeah. So. You can't go back to Freddie. That's a no-brainer then, I guess. That's coming from Ken. Now, does that mean that they have to bring in somebody else? No. That just means that if Freddie comes back, he's the backup. So the other thing that I was kind of thinking about the last couple of the days is is Hyman and, and Anderson because they're both UFAs. Yeah, and, so it's an uh, interesting thing. So, you know, with the Seattle draft coming up, they're, they're, not, they're clearly not giving them extensions because they don't want to have to protect them in the Seattle draft which shows me that Jack Campbell is going to be the goalie that they protect, and they're going to leave Freddie unprotected. 
Uh, so, which is a smart move because why would you why would you have to protect Freddie if you could protect Jack Campbell, and Freddie can just resign with you as a free agent, anyways. Um, and that's the same with Zach Hyman. Go ahead and pick Zach Hyman if you want to pick Zach Hyman, Seattle. Go ahead. He's just going to sign back here uh, the day the next day. So, because he's a UFA, Seattle has no control over him. So Perfect. I think Didn't that's smart. That. And if anyone out there is wondering why haven't we given Hyman an extension, that's that's probably why uh, they don't want to have to protect him if they don't have to. They can use that that spot to protect somebody else um, who is more uh, at risk of losing. Uh, they're losing somebody. So uh, that's a smart move. Uh, but I'll be I don't know uh, whether. Yeah, I'm, I'll be curious to see what they do with Freddie. Uh, I would love to see LTIR. I, again, I think I said it to you guys, but I think he needs to sit for a long time, and he already is, but I think he just needs to sit and figure whatever it is out. And if we get him back for playoffs and he can come in and play a role, maybe he's a guy who, who turns into a, you know Marc-Andre Fleury where Matt Murray was the guy, and then Fleury came in and took over for a bit. Well, look at uh, Jake and Allen and ben- Bennington, Jake right? Ben- ben- yeah. Great example, Bennington in St. Louis. Yeah, um, so he was on the yeah, so it, it, it can happen. He, there's still a role for Freddie on this team, and he's not. He's only thirty. He's not done. Uh, so uh, that'll be it'll be one of the most curious cases going forward for the Leafs. I, I don't know what they're gonna do, but it'll be interesting. Anyways, guys, I should probably run. Uh, Producer Alan's here. Alan, I'm just on the uh, there he is. Alan, the intern. Uh, Alan the intern. Good name. Good name. Yeah, good Alan the intern. (laughs) You guys, I heard you. I heard you got a free agent. You guys just signed a free agent from Toronto, Ontario. You guys are. uh, Oh, and I. I, Yeah. So you guys are. uh, You you guys are making a name for yourself, man. In the last year, so you guys are just exploding. Yeah, Rachel Bishop signed on. She's gonna do some writing for us and some. I think she's gonna do some video work for us in terms of like she's gonna be in like on. You'll see her face on screen, uh, doing some little projects. And Nelson Vo has signed on recently. Nelson just graduated from university and he's uh, he's handling our clips and our tweets and stuff now. So he's he's handling that. And uh, yeah, we're growing a little empire here. Awesome man. How can uh, people find you on Twitter? This this episode is going to drop on Wednesday, so the day after your show. But um, for next week, how can people see you on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter? And yeah. what's your Twitter uh, handle? I guess that's what people are asking these days. What is yeah. your Twitter handle? Mine is uh, just my name. So at Clark Monroe, you can find my personal one on Good. Twitter. Awesome. Uh, at Team RP Show, you can find all our Squadcast stuff. Uh, on Twitter and at Rod Peterson show on Twitter is the big one and uh, facebook.com slash the squadcast. You can find my show, uh, search the Rod Peterson show everywhere else. You'll find everything else. And then my TikTok is at producer Clark hit me up because I'm going live all the time now. You, you got a thousand followers already, man. You, I think you're at your, th- I think you're uh, tapped out. I'm creeping towards five, Jamie. People are still wanting to see your wife. They're like, I I wanna, I've been on, I've been following you for like a month, man. I want to see your wife. That's, <laughs> yeah. They don't care about the Toronto Maple Leafs. They don't care about she your nice, nice blue she eyes. Made they, last night, Jamie. Maybe how many, how many, how many, how many eye co- comments did you get last night? Ah, uh, not that many. Like but... sixty-five eye comments, but then eighty-seven wife com. Where is your wife? I hear in yeah. the background. Does she actually exist, or is that the TV yeah. in the background? No. So she uh, <laughs> she made an appearance because I um, somebody asked me what my zodiac sign was. Because they asked the weirdest weird. questions, like what what's your pronouns? I'm like, yeah. 
So like, my, asked, oh man, some of the questions people ask is is ridiculous. And I said, I said I'm a Taurus because for some reason I had it in my mind that I was a Taurus and an Aries because I thought they were different uh, different sign groups. But it turns out Taurus is uh, before Aries or after Aries, and I'm an oh, Aries. So my geez. wife yells down from upstairs, "You're an Aries!" And I'm like, "Oh, I, I know I'm an Aries, but I thought it was a Taurus and this other thing." She's like, "They're the same thing. You're an idiot." Uh, and then I then she texted me. And I was, she's texted me that I'm an Aries. So I'm like, just come down and come on my thing and tell me. So she comes down the stairs. I turn the camera and she made an appearance. So she has officially made her first appearance on my TikTok channel. But Oh, crap. Uh, I missed it. Yeah. yeah. Nice, so nice was, lovely photo on Facebook, though. So I know she exists. So that's well, a very nice also, profile photo of you two. I was three hours last night, which I didn't even oh, know. Wow. I got on uh, at the beginning of the third period of the Leafs game. Uh, that went for however long, 45 minutes or whatever. And then I was just rolling afterwards with people kept coming in and TikTok, man, it's crazy. You, you meet people from all over the place. And when you're on live, you have no idea who's going to come in and ask questions. So I was just, I was on fire and I was having fun with it. So I thought I'd just keep going and turn into a three hour thing. So well, one, uh, one it, last it, thing, one last thing, Clark, I hear there's yeah. a guy in Regina right now that can be the next Connor McDavid. Is that true? Oh yeah. Uh, wow. Connor Bedard, yeah, he's doing okay. Um, so at least you got three more years. He'll he'll leave when he's eighteen, but at least you got yeah. three years. Yeah, this season yeah. and then two more. It'd be really nice to get a really f a good full season in Regina with a yeah. uh, a packed Brant Center. And imagine if Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats make it to the Memorial Cup and the playoff series at the Brant Center. That that's something the Regina needs, like to yeah. really have that place packed and see Connor Bedard. Yeah, that's it. Right. So, the, Jamie, it's oh. funny because you sent me that video of that guy on TikTok. Yeah, he's a number and, eleven. Uh, I'm like, that's not Connor Bedard. Like, I gotta yeah, get. That's, that I gotta get him. the. Uh... So you sent me that video, and I didn't think a whole lot of it. And then I'm, I watched it a couple of times, and I'm like, ah, I'll make a video. I just want to make one, just to put it off. And it turned out I got two hundred thousand views on the freaking thing. Wow! And I didn't even think I would. I thought I. Where's my royalty check? I know. I'll get. I'll send it to you when I get any money from it. But hey, you're uh, getting you're getting squad cast T-shirts. Hey. Yeah. I'll send there you, you one maybe sometime. But uh, <laughs> so that actually, was I want one of those. I want actually the last week. It wasn't. I. I know all comments don't get answered on the RP show because some he look. I know he looks at them like, oh, this that's that's funny, but we could be yeah. talking about that for ten minutes. I want to get one of those uh, uh, Darren Dupont tennis ball tables. He went and bought a hundred tennis balls on whichever online site, and he and he yeah. built a yeah he built a little like coffee table. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm taking up too much of your time, but um, you 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 guys are uh, felt all across Canada, man. And uh, RP mentioned he goes, "Why do I got so many viewers in the states?" Well, that's because Belly Up Sports is now tuning in, yeah. and there's like a crap load of people in the states. And he's like, "Why do I got so many people in the states?" They're loving the CFL talk for some reason, right? It's it's yeah. crazy how you guys are just. Um, I guess I'm I'm adding some RP talk here just for the viewers, but um, you guys are massive, man. It's it's good yeah. to see in the last year. It's been so. going well, and uh, you know we're keep we're, it up, man. Got a few more plans, so I'm gonna take off, boys. I got to get myself ready yeah. here. I got about an just hour like to just show, like Bob so. and Doug, but yeah. just like Bob and Doug McKenzie, take off, eh? Yeah, take yeah. off, you hoser. Yeah, see, see you, buddy. Have All a Molson. Right, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm never drinking Molson. Oh, yeah, I can't blame him.
Well, Alan, that was that was a blast. You got anything else to add to uh, tonight's OI Leafs talk? We've got about a week left till the NHL trade deadline. Clark Monroe from the Squadcast uh, was very kind to join us. Do you got anything else to add, Alan? Well, let's just hope the uh, Leafs can keep the momentum going. We'll see what happens if they add or then add or subtract anybody at the trade deadline. And yeah, a couple of big games, Montreal. Wednesday and then Ottawa Saturday, and then we'll see what happens. And then by then we'll see maybe have a new player or two in the lineup. So yeah, and everybody cool. stay safe out there. I mean Ontario, I know we're hitting getting hit hard now with numbers. Just well, they just stay vigilant the and hopefully something will be able to watch. They just closed the schools down today. I heard today being uh, April sixth. I heard yeah, they, some of the they, places. Yeah, okay. ours aren't yet, but I would imagine it's going to come. So, so the way that- I'm in Halton, I'm in Halton region, which is about an hour north of Toronto. Yeah. So at the moment, at recording, our kids are still in school. But next week is spring break here. They they oh, push right. it back we, a we month. Just had so, in March, you know, so. Yeah, well, they wanted um, to see how long it could go without shutting schools. They figured if it shut early, then it'd be even worse. So we'll see what happens. But I'll be surprised if we get our schools going back to virtual here very soon. And could all have been avoided with a few other with a few different things. But we won't get into that. I don't want to talk politics on here. <laughs> no, we want politics. We'll get Theron Flurry on. We had Theron Flurry. Yeah, for Theron Flurry. I, don't yeah, know his, if you, if I think I think he's Trudeau's number one fan, isn't he? I've read some of his no, tweets. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's against. He's against uh, the Calgary or Alberta government. So, um, for those yeah, tuning hates, in, he's those, not a big Trudeau fan. I, I've read some no. of his tweets before. Yeah, we won't get into that though. That's okay. That's hey, everybody's tied their opinion. So that's no, all good. Uh, but for those people tuning in, uh, check out Theron Flurry. We have many other. Uh, guest yep they came on the oi and offside hockey talk podcast james has had some beauties on as well um i just want to run down the, the schedule before the trade deadline you know we've got the canadians on wednesday saturday the 10th i got the ottawa senators at home and then on trade deadline day on monday uh, we've got the montreal canadians again flames jets canucks canucks jets three times Canadians oh. and Canucks to end out the uh, month of April. So I can um, see the Canucks. Though. That's going to be a question mark. Those three games, Vancouver. The later game might happen, but the first two, I don't know if it's going to be happening that quick. We'll have to see. But I'm not. I'm not convinced. Vanc- I, at at some point, I think really at this, really at this time, I guess I don't really know how to explain myself here, but. Um, 15 or 20 odd games left. Um, maybe we really should get Quinn Donovan on the OI or an offside hockey talk yeah. show and get his take on the whole Vancouver situation. Um, because I strongly believe maybe Vancouver doesn't finish the season. They just say, Hey, we're not making the playoffs. We're mathematically out right now. Um, like they I got a roll, they could cook it back in it, but they're looking like with way Montreal is but, looking right now. I I've, think it's pretty well yeah, set. Yeah, that's a fair there. statement, Alan. But I've said in the past where I'm pretty sure know, the four teams that are there, unless they go on a major tailspin, like a big losing streak, I think you're pretty be well a set. Huge, it's going to be a huge dogfight to get back to that fourth, yeah. at least fourth position, and you're going to yeah. be gassed by the time you get to that fourth position. It's more. What are you, you going to have left season, come to playoff time when you have yeah a whole depleted team? Trying to make that fourth position. Do you just, the more you just call it right off right now and say, hey, um, we're in a situation where we've got 19 guys yeah, in NHL healthy. COVID protocol. What's the point of uh, trying to make that fourth position? Yeah, I think, more, more I think things to worry about right now than the next week. 
Oh, 100%. Like I mentioned, there, there's um, the Sutter family is feeling it right now. Um, I, I, heard, I heard that last name today. Um, what the situation is like, I'm not quite sure. But right now, like like you just said, Alan, it's it's about the families. Like you know, look yeah. at last year in the playoffs, people thought, "Oh, Tukuras left the Bruins. What a selfish thing to do, and not make, sh- and not be able to help his team." Well, his family comes first. Yeah. Right. Knock on wood. You know, Montreal uh, were hit there with the COVID or the uh, protocol or whatever you want to call it, and then um, knock on wood, the Toronto Maple. Toronto Maple Leafs don't go through the same thing, um, and we have a successful North Division playoff. Um, but right now, the way things are looking um, with the variant and all that other stuff going on, um, it's already going to happen. Um, May we're going to see games going the middle of May, maybe June, yeah. and could see a Stanley Cup champion in August. Um, if that's okay with the NHL, with regards to Bill Daly and. Um, Oh damn! I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Gary Bettman. Yeah, Gary Bettman. Jeez, I don't know why I'm... that slipped off my tongue. Um, <laughs> he's only been the commissioner from the, like the last forty years, be- yeah, uh, besides Ziegler. So, um, hey, we just take it as it is, man. We've we've got two games um, before the trade deadline, or three games uh, before the trade deadline. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, what the Toronto Maple Leafs do in the next uh, week or so. But uh, if you don't have anything else to add, Alan, we'll uh, shut her down for another OI episode. This has been Alan Corkum. Uh, We had Clark Monroe from the Squadcast. Also uh, behind the scenes at the Rod Peterson Show. How can people find you on uh, Twitter, Alan? Uh, it's all lowercase. It's my name, Alan underscore Corkum. Uh, and you can search on Facebook. I don't have any special profiles. Just got my name if anybody wants to look for me there. But yeah, that's it. And awesome, so yeah, man. mostly Twitter is where I do a lot of my talking. So yeah, find me on Twitter. And yeah, I'm going to try to get, maybe get on the TikTok craze here soon. We'll see. And if I do, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm only on it because the girlfriend works nights. So I've gotten pretty, and it's good. We're get, as we record, she's at work right now. So uh, great. Time to record, and I'll yeah, hit absolutely. hit some games on the TV. Um, Perfect. So that's all, Alan. Thanks for joining me on here on a special uh, Leafs talk or trade talk, however, whatever you want to call it, uh, a week before the, the trade deadline. 